Welcome to Where Brains Meet Beauty, hosted by Jody Katz, founder and creative director of Base Beauty Creative Agency. I'm excited to introduce you all to Jan Michelle, a copywriter at Base Beauty. Hello, Jan. Hi, Jody. Fun to be here. Um, you and I started working together many years ago. I mean, is it like six or seven years ago at this point? I think it is. I think the other day when I realized how many it was, it was uh, it was surprising. But it's it's blown by. We've worked on so many fun projects together. Yeah. So um, why don't you tell our listeners what it means to be a copywriter? Uh, I think of myself as a storyteller, really, and that takes on very many. Uh, Faces. I've been very lucky over my career that I've gotten to tell a range of stories. That's the fun part about being freelance because your work is always changing. And sometimes it's describing a dress and making somebody absolutely have to, have to, have to buy the dress. Sometimes it's telling a very compelling story in the healthcare space, trying to get a message out about some new pharmaceutical product. Sometimes it's uh, telling somebody what's going to make them feel beautiful, be healthy. Uh, I've been all over the place, and it's been really, really fun. When we started working together, it was um, for work at Calvin Klein, which is um, a collaboration we've had with the agency and Calvin Klein for, I guess, um, almost 10 years. And... um, I want to share it with our listeners because it's kind of sounds like a, a really fun dream copywriting experience, especially for younger writers where um, we were invited to Calvin Klein's showroom um, like once a month or a few times a month where they just put out racks and racks and racks of clothes and racks and racks and racks of shoes and handbags and gloves and hats and scarves and underwear and everything. Um, and we were able to tell stories about each product. Um, you know, and we as a team established the the voice of Calvin Klein when it came to e-commerce. Um, and I mentioned it because it's not beauty and um, we specialize in beauty, but, um, you know, we, we also do other things. And that's um, the work that you and I have done together for many years. Um, I think that's what, how what we connected. Think? Yeah. So, um, Jan, after being in front of so many Calvin Klein sweaters and skirts and, and whatnot, um, you know, um, dresses, sheath dresses and A-line dresses and uh, fit and flare dresses. Um, I feel like it's a good way to talk about what what it's like day to day to be a writer, because um, I think a lot of our listeners can imagine what it's like to be in front of a rack of clothes. Um, can you just walk walk the listeners through a little bit about like how, how you tell a story, like what you're looking for um, in order to be able to do that? Sure. Uh, it, is, it is, and Calvin Klein is a great example because they do have many, many similar products, but every product, every sweater, every bag, every piece of workout um, wear has its own little peculiarity, its own little hook, and that's what a writer tries to find. You try to find that one little thing. This is going to be very slimming. This is a cool knit for when you're working out and you want the sweat to evaporate. This is a bag that will fit your laptop computer. This is a bag that will just tuck by your side when you're out dancing at the clubs all night. So everything has its own little story and its own little raison d'etre. And that's what the writer needs to find. And then you need to 
describe it in words that are succinct and appealing. So that's really it. It's about knowledge. It's about knowing fabrics and leathers and ingredients and the technical things that go into a a copy block, but also about being able to get to that get to that little nub, that little seed of the story that's going to resonate with a reader. Yeah, I like to think of that as answering the customer's question of why do I care, right? Like why does she yeah. care about this dress versus the other dress? Um, you know, maybe she's a fit and flyer girl and that's what, what looks best on her. So finding a way to talk to her about that, that shape and style Um it's almost like we're helping customers edit their choices through our copy, right? There's exactly. so much out there. When I was first uh, first learning about the direct marketing business and merchandising in general, it was always the word that was always pounded into our heads was benefit, benefit, benefit. What's the benefit? And that's basically what you're saying. Why? What's the benefit of this one over that one? What is this going to do for me, which is really what you're saying. Why should why should I care? And we need to so, we need to make we want to make them care passionately. I think working um, on copy like this for a brand that sells a lot of products, and um, you know, I think fashion in general has a lot more you know product turn than beauty. I think it's a really great way for someone who is exploring being a writer um, in the industry to start out. Um, because there's, you know, the management of details, the just staying organized, you know, the, the facets that have nothing to do with writing, just how to, you know, administratively keep yourself um, together. Um, so there's a lot of that. But then there's actual thinking like, God, it's really, really hard to write about another sheath dress after you just wrote about 47 of them, right? Um, so it's like a, Absolutely. A, remember all a the really, – remember we get those racks of T-shirts? <laughs> 40 T-shirts. <laughs> right, like how many graphic print T-shirts can you sit with and find a way to keep them seeming original, right? And having their own story. It's hard. Um, And I think as a young writer, it's a really good experiment to figure out like how to flex those muscles. Right. And um, you know, it's not a stressful environment, right? There's uh, you're in a nice air conditioned room and like it's comfortable. You have a nice chair, but you're sorting through this like kind of puzzle of how do I make this graphic print tea sound interesting versus the one that's next to it, which is very similar. Absolutely. And as we know, it's we live in a visual world. So the photograph of that tea, that graphic tea with, you know, versus the one that's next to it on the website or in print or wherever it is, that's going to help you to tell the story a lot, the attitude of the model or whatever. But the writer is the one who really has to kind of drive it home. Yeah. I mean, I I can think of so many times where I've been shopping online and I see the picture, the picture looks great. Um, and I'm, I need more information. I need to understand where that zipper is, or I need to understand like, you know, how long the skirt is or, um, you know, the inseam and these details are just missing. And like, I can't make a purchase. I can't, I, I can't know that this is right for me because the writer missed stuff. Um, it happens time and time again. Um, it does. And, and I, like I remember, I, no, go ahead. Go ahead. It just that uh, we always were told that 
you know, copy was sort of the copy got second shrift. It was always about the visuals and the photography, and it had to be as big as possible. But as you just said, you can't sell anything without copy. It's really what makes the sale. Yeah, I mean, I've been on some um, sites with, you know, $2,000 dresses and whatnot, and there's no information about, um, you know, any of the details that you would need to know about, like, you know, how do I get it on? How do I get it off? Um, is that really beading or is that just some sort of like, you know, foil stamping? Like, you know, the, the real details about the product are missing. Um, and typically when those are missing, the storytelling is missing also. Um, it's like a brand just thought we're going to build the garment, we're going to build the product, and we're just going to assume that people <laughs> like will trust us um, without giving any information. So that's like kind of the thought process we always had with our copy with Calvin Klein and we've done this type of work with some other fashion companies as well, which is like really trying to make it so crystal clear to the customer to let them know if this product is for them or not um, without them having to guess and get frustrated. Um, because, you know, when I get frustrated with shopping online, I just leave the site, right? I'm, I'm gone. You miss There's always me, somebody right? else. There's always another, another right. site to go to. So, um, you know, it's interesting that we talk about fashion because we're always talking about beauty, but they do go hand in hand. And, um, you know, while our focus is really always on beauty and personal care, um, we do have a lot of friends in the fashion industry and we do get to um, do some interesting work in that business. Um, so, but let's shift gears a little bit. Um, we have our agency slogan, um, where brains meet beauty. And you were the writer, Jan, that um, led us to this tagline. And this was um, probably about three years ago, two years ago at this point. Um, do you remember that project? I do. That was that was a really terrific project. I think that stretched us all in a lot of new directions because when you – it's interesting. I've worked on websites for clients who uh, – for agencies, and it was worked on the agency's website as opposed to a product or a project for a client of theirs. It is so hard when you have to sit down – and write about yourself, whether your own your own business or yourself or whatever. So this was a really interesting exercise for us to say, all right, what is base beauty really about? Who are we? And I think we came up with something that really says what we are. Um, yeah, I, I love it. Um, we trademarked it, and thank goodness, because we love it so much. Um, and, of course, now it's the name of our podcast series as well. Um, and we get such incredible feedback on it. But, um, you know, I, I can um, piggyback on what you said, that this is a really hard process, right? This is a process we do for our clients every day, right? What makes them different? Right. How do we articulate it in a new way? How do we make the customer care about their, their brand or their, you know, their service or whatever it is? And, um, you know, we, we don't have any kind of um, internal challenges of doing that um, as a team for our clients. It's like... It's, it's one of the main services we offer, which is helping brands position and articulate that positioning. But gosh, do it for ourselves. It was so painful. It was hard. Remember? So hard. You know, a lot of um, brainstorming sessions. Right. And like, you know, as a creative agency, um, we are, you know, in many ways only as good as our work, right? So like the products we put out there, you know, speak to who we are. And we've let ourselves operate that way for a long time by like not even really talking about ourselves, just like, you know, doing cool work for Clinique or doing cool work for L'Oreal or, you know, whatever. Um, 
right there, we got to this point in the business where we really need to start talking about ourselves and um, our worldview and our approach. And um, I think it took us like four months to really move through it and get to a place where like we were really all believed in it and thought that we were in a place where like not only was it ringing true and authentic, but that was like a great way to tell our story and a, a story that has legs. Um, and I'm so grateful that we took that time. And I actually think during that, this few months, we didn't do very much client work. I think we were like totally focused on this. Like we had no income coming into the business. It was like all based beauty all the time. Um, that was a real luxury to have that time to do that actually, because to do that in the midst of, of doing other projects would have been much harder. Yeah, I mean, I think that's the old saying, something like like the cobbler's children don't have any shoes or something like that, right? <laughs> right They're so exactly. focused on doing the paid work. Um, but I really do believe in universal forces, and I think that the universe gave us, you know, not a lot of client work so that we would be able to have this focus um, because it was time. It was time to really think about it. Um, and I remember, and all, like, all the other the pieces of that campaign were pretty cool, too. Yeah, um, stuff that we, you know, we still live with and use today. But I can remember being in um, a conference room with the team, and I think some of the team was on like a Skype or a conference call because they couldn't be there. And um, we're all debating: is it where beauty meets brains? Is it brains meets beauty? Is it this? Is it that? Like for like reorganizing basically three or four words a hundred different ways um, <laughs> to figure out where the meaning was right. And um, that's just so fun, right? Like it's just so cool that we got to do that for ourselves. It and is. and Boy, do you realize the importance of every word and every placement of every word when you go through that. I mean, you really, you really do. The subtleties are enormous. <laughs> yeah, I think um, in my career of being a writer, I think the hardest and most kind of um, emotionally challenging writing to do is to write a company tagline. Um, you know, we, we name products and we name brands all the time and that's fun. And, you know, it's, we, you know, it's, it's hard because a lot of things are already trademarked, but, um, there's always room for creativity. Um, we obviously do like a, a ton of marketing, copywriting and um, product copywriting and headline writing, body copywriting, writing, you know, commercials and video scripts and all that stuff. But the hardest I think is taglines, um, it's it's kind of destroying if you can destroy a writer. It's so challenging. Right. It's the essence. It's getting an entire business, an entire brand down to I don't know maybe maybe four or five words at the most. So just yeah, every every word has to has to pull its weight many times over. So what is um, where brains meet beauty mean to you? Um, why did that resonate with you when you were thinking about that idea? Well, I think what is unique about Base Beauty, and if I may brag a little bit because it's our team, but uh, your baby, our team, is, and I think this means a lot to our clients, is that we're specialists. And I think many agencies like to say, oh, yes, we'll do everything. We can do this. We'll write about auto parts. Mm -hmm. We'll write about... Uh, tree pruning services. We'll write about what, whatever you want, and a lot. You know, if you have very talented people, you can do that. But to have an agency that is really focused on one area and and 
such a huge area and knows it so well. I started with that idea. We started with that idea. And, all right, we have the beauty part. So what is unique about Face Beauty's approach to the beauty industry? And what's unique about us is how smart we are, if I do say so myself. We take a really smart, thoughtful, introspective approach to every product. And then, of course, playing off of the the cliche of brains and beauty, the, you know, the idea of the, you know, the dumb blonde is she's either, you know, if you're, if you're beautiful, you're not smart and vice versa. If you're smart, you know, you have glasses and you're a little mousy librarian type who isn't beautiful. So we said, well, we're both. So why not tell the world that we're both? That's where it came from. That's what it means. To I me. love it because it, um, you know, I, I don't think we articulated like a, a lot about our process, you know, like our process is just like kind of who we are and how we move through the world. And um, I don't know that a lot of us ever thought we need to write it down. Like, why would we need to write that down? That's just like, you know, it's just an automatic for us. But um, over time, I've realized that our, our natural space where we land is in a worldview and the beauty industry and communications um, is unique and different. So we started to write it down. Um, And what I think is so cool about where brains need beauty is it reflects, um, our our worldview in so many ways like for example um when we do castings for client like videos and photo shoots um many times we're not hiring like a typical model look um we have a lot uh, in a, most of our work we have a lot of different body types represented shapes type um whatnot a lot of different ages a lot of different ethnicities and, and um, skin tones a lot of different hair textures and hair types and um this isn't like um, something that the clients usually ask for. We're, we're guiding them because it's what feels right. Um, and, you know, clearly we live in a culture where um, that's not the image that's put out there most often, but it's just so natural to us. It's just so normal, right? Um, and I think that where brains meet beauty, it means that also. It's like how we look at the world. You know, we, we want our customers to see themselves in, their, in that brand's work. Um, and one of those ways to do that is to show her herself, right? Show right. her um, someone that looks like her. And the idea uh-huh. of, I guess there's, uh, it, it probably goes pretty far back. I don't think it's a more recent idea, but uh, that the whole beauty industry and if somebody was into beauty and they're caring from a consumer point of view, if they're caring about their makeup and they're caring about what they look like, they couldn't possibly have anything going on inside their head. And we're basically refuting that, saying that it's a very smart industry. It's a very sophisticated industry. The customers are very smart. They know what they want, and we can give it to them. So it really kind yeah, of, uh, yeah. you know, it's sort of, it's, it's sort of fun in that way. It kind of makes a joke out of that, um, that old fashioned attitude. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm so glad that we are, um, po- at a place where we can poke fun of old, fa- old fashioned attitudes and that's not yeah. something that we need to um, <laughs> embrace. Right. Um, so my last right. question for you, Jan is, um, you know, a little off topic, but if you weren't a writer and you weren't working in beauty and fashion, uh, what do you think you'd be doing? If you had asked me that a couple of years ago, I might have fumbled a little bit for an answer, but now it is very clear to me. I've become really, really interested in food and cooking, and I would 
love to have a little more time, and I hope I will sometime, to do something with cooking, but that also applies to feeding people who need to be fed. And that's a little tricky because if you, um, well, there's the philanthropic aspect to it, and then there's just the idea of just cooking and becoming a better cook and cooking for friends and having people Mm -hmm. over for dinner, which I love to do. So that's really, I think food is just a fascinating, endless, multicultural, around-the-world kind of uh, unifier, and I... I love it, and I think I probably will do something with food. I don't know if it'll be another career. I don't think so. <laughs> but um, uh, I want it to be more and more a part of my life because it's just really fun. And I love living in a time where food is really – we're living in a time of food, I guess. Right, where, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Between with restaurants and new, new foods and, and cooking, and people are cooking at home a lot more than they used to, and there are more uh, suggestions and – training and guides and aids for, for doing that. So, so that's my, that's my other passion. Um, I think I read or heard somewhere that uh, more millennials are interested in going to like um, food and like food truck festivals and things like that than they are to going to like a music festival um, that, you know, that's food is like, you know, it's entertain- wow. right. It's entertainment. It's socializing it's experiencing different cultures and tastes. So it's an exploration and adventure. Um, and you are, you are a great, great cook. I can um, say that you owe me the vinaigrette recipe. So please. Well, thank that. you. I do. And I know that, and I'm sorry, you shall have it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, thank you, Jan, for being on our Where Brains Meet Beauty podcast. Thank you for having me, Jody. This was fun. It's not often that we get to sit and really talk like this. We're always in the middle of something. So yeah. this was great. Yeah, thank you, Jan. Thanks for listening to Where Brains Meet Beauty with Jody Katz. Tune in again for more authentic conversations with beauty leaders.